Shalom to all. Today's office bubble comment of Tzadi Zayin, and we are starting right at the top of the Amud. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarabas, Rabbi Yaakov, Moshe, her Neshama should have an Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Chmiel, Mardachem, and Chaim, his Neshama should have an Aliyah. And we were talking about how Avadim are like Karkas. So the Gemara asks, Rabbi Yamar Rav, Avdekim and Karki Dami, does Rav really say that Avadim are like Karka? Vamar Rav, Daniel Barav, Katino, Amar Rav, Hatokim Hadashel Chaveroi, if a person grabs his friend's Avad, Vasa by Malacha, and forces him to do work, Potter, he doesn't have to pay his friend for that. Rabbi Zagadatich, Avdekim and Karki Dami, if you want to say that Evid is like Karka, am I putter? Why is he putter? Rashus Demarikai. He's really always in the Rashus of his master, so he should have to pay the master for the use of his Evid. So, my answer is Hachel Maiskin, what are we talking about over here? Shalai Bishas Malacha. That he grabbed his friend's Evid at a time where the Evid wasn't working for the master anyway, so he doesn't have to pay the master for that because it's not like he made the master lose out. It's just like the following question that Rabbi Abba sent Mari Barmar, ask Rafuna the following question, please. If a person lives in his friend's Chatzar, his friend doesn't know about it. Does he have to pay his friend for living in his chutzar without permission or no? And Rishol Chulei, he sent an answer back, He doesn't have to pay for rent. That's because it's Zenen of Zele Chutzar. This one's gaining, the other one's not losing anything. And the same thing with Evid. Ruben wasn't using his Evid then anyway. Maybe he had a day off. Maybe he didn't have any job for him. And Shimon grabbed his Evid and made him do work. It was Zenen of Zele Chutzar. Asking Mara, Hachi is this really so? Is this a good comparison? It's good over there when we're talking about Ruben living in Shimon's Chutzar without his permission. According to both these Manda Amrim, it's good that Ruvain wouldn't have to pay Shimon for living in his Chatzar. What's Beis Amisva Yasev? So we had this earlier on in the Masechta. This expression that means that Ruvain's actually helping Shimon out because Ruvain's taking care of the house when he lives in it. And so that would be a reason why Ruvain doesn't have to pay Shimon. And the other quote, Ushia Yukas Shar, has to do with a shade that destroys homes that aren't lived in. And over here we have Ruvain living in Shimon's empty house. So he's helping Shimon out. Again, that's another reason why Ruvain wouldn't have to pay Shimon. But over here, when Ruvain grabbed Shimon's Evid, is it good for him that his Evid should become weaker? By Reuven forcing Shimon's Evid to work, he's weakening the Evid, and Shimon doesn't want that. So I'm the answer to It actually is good for him, so his Evid should become buttle and learn to be lazy. So it happens to be that the master doesn't have any work for him, or it's his day off, but the master is still happy that somebody else grabbed him and put him to work, so that the Evid learns that it's always good to work and not to sit around twiddling his thumbs. Now, we have a story about this. The household of Yasef Barchama used to grab people's Avadim if these people owed him money, and they would do work with this Evid. Normally, Rav Abrei, that's a proper girsa, Rav of Yasef's son asked him, My time of Marhachi, why do you do this? Why do you grab people's Avadim just because they owe you money and do work with them? Isn't this a problem? So Amalei told him, Dom Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman said, that the Evid's not even worth the bread that's put into his stomach, meaning Avadim are such a waste of money, even the bread that you feed them is not worthwhile. So I'm actually helping these people out by taking their Avadim and feeding them for them. So what's the issue? Amalei, so Rav responded, Amadam Rav Nachman, Kagan Daru Avde. Maybe Rav Nachman only said that about Daru, his own Eved, the Merakid Beikuvi. He dances in pubs and taverns to make money just to be able to drink wine, so his Eved is good for nothing, and he's not worth the bread that he's being fed. Bakulu Avdi Mehavid Avdi, do all of them do this? All of them are pretty good, and they do work, and they're worth their money. So how could you take other people's Avadim just because they owe you money and do work with them? So Amalev Yasef told him, I know Krav Daniel, really, I hold like Krav Daniel. Dom Rav Daniel Barav Katina, Amarav, Pater, that if a person grabs his friend's Eved and he does Malacha with him, so he's Pater for that. Alma we see from here that it's good for a person that his Evid doesn't become bottle and sit around twiddling his thumbs. So he's okay with the fact that someone grabbed his Evid and is doing work with him. So it's the same thing by me when I take people's Avadim who owe me money and do work with them. However, Amalei Rabbah told him, That's only when they're not owed money. Meaning, when Ruvain takes Shimon's Evid and uses him, that's okay only when Shimon doesn't owe Ruvain money. But my are you, keeping the mask since these people owe you money, it seems like Ribis. Even though 
even though we said if a person lives in his friend's chatzar without his friend knowing, he doesn't have to pay him. If he lent him money and then he went to live in his chatzar, he does have to pay him because it looks like ribes. Think about it. At the end of the day, what's going to happen? Rav Yosef is owed money by some fellow. He grabs that guy's eved, does work with him, which is valuable. It has cash value to it. And at the end of the day, the guy's going to pay Rav Yosef anyway. So that means Rav Yosef got extra value for his loan because he got use of that fellow's eved. And that's ribes. So how could you do this? Amar Lez, Rav Yosef told him, Hajri B, you're right. I'm chayzer from this practice and I'm not going to do so. I think Mark came something similar. Itmar was stated, I took us from Asa Shechaveroi. A person grabbed his friend's boat, and he did malacha with it. Amar Rav, Rav says, if the owner wants, he could get paid for the schar for just the regular rental fee of the boat, or he could demand the pchas, the depreciation of the boat that was caused through the fellow grabbing it and using it. Now, Shmuel Amr Shmuel says, he's only allowed to demand the pchas, but he's not allowed to demand the rental fee. Now, Amr of Papa, Papa clarifies, they're not arguing. Rav is talking about where this is a boat that's really set to be rented. It's an official rental boat, and therefore the owner could decide how he wants to get paid. If the rental fee is higher than depreciation, he could ask for that, whereas if the depreciation was higher than the rental fee, he could ask for that. Where Shmuel's addressing a case that the boat wasn't supposed to be rented in the first place. So therefore, we view the fellow as a goslin, and that's why the owner of the boat can't demand a rental fee. Now, if you some alternatively, we can answer, both these situations could be talking about where the boat was destined to be rented. But according to Rav, we're talking about where the fellow himself that took the boat was intending to pay for it. And so therefore, if the rental fee was higher than the pchas, the owner could charge for the rental fee. Where Shmuel was addressing a case where the fellow intended to steal the boat and never intended to rent it in the first place. So therefore, he can't be charged a rental fee because the Gazan is never charged a rental fee for something that he steals, and therefore he could only be charged for the pchas. And continue to explain the mission. We said Gazan v'chulu. Oh, we listed two different situations. If a person stole a coin and it cracked, he has to pay kishasak zela. But if he stole a coin and it became puzzle, so then he could just say harishal chalfanecha. Now Amar Rav Huna clarifies nistak nistak mamish nifsal paslasem malchus. When we say that it cracked, that means that it actually cracked, and therefore it's worthless and it can't really be used. And when we say nifsal it became puzzle, that means that the government puzzled this coin. They took it out of circulation and they said it can't be used anymore. Now Rav Yudah Amar says, If the government took the coin out of circulation, that's like it being cracked because you can't use it. So what's the case of Nifsal? That this Medina, this whole area, this region, passed it and said it can't be used. However, it could be used in a different Medina. And that's what the Mishnah means by Nifsal. According to you, that you said that what does Nifsal mean? That the king or the government passed this coin and they totally took it out of circulation. While I repairs for Kivu, what about the case of the Mishnah where he stole payrice and they rotted, or he stole wine and it became vinegar? That's like the king postling something. It's completely not usable. When the government takes a coin out of circulation, you can't use it at all, just like spoiled wine or spoiled fruit. But the Mishnah says in the case of the fruit and the wine that he has to pay kishasak zela. So why in the case of the coin becoming puzzle does he not have to pay kishasak zela? They seem to be the same exact thing. So he responded, Over there when we're talking about wine and produce, the taste and the smell totally changed. So therefore there's a real shinui and that's why he has to pay him. But over here, nothing actually changed. The coin in it of itself is the same exact thing. If you put it under a microscope and you subject it to all sorts of tests, there's no difference in this coin before and after it was taken out of circulation. And so therefore, it's not considered a real shinoi, and that's why the Gazan doesn't have to pay for it. No question, she does Rabbi Yehuda. Amalei Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda, that's proper girsa. Rabbi told Rabbi Yehuda, according to you, the that you had said right before, that when the government took the coin out of circulation, that's the same thing as a coin getting cracked. What about the case of the Mishnah where the Gazan stole Truma and it became Tame? That's just the government taking a coin out of circulation, uktani, and what does the Mishnah say? That the Gazan can tell the fellow, here, take your truma back, it's right in front of you, and he doesn't have to pay for being with time of the truma. Why, when a coin is taken out of circulation, is that any different? So I'm like, if you told Rabbi, over there, the damage is not recognizable. We take a look at produce that happens to be truma, and it also happens to be
happens to be Tomei, you can't tell the difference between before it was Tomei versus after it was Tomei. And therefore, we could just say, Rachel But Hacha over here, when we're talking about a coin taken out of circulation, Minkarazeka is very recognizable. Because when a coin is taken out of circulation, a new coin is put in its place. And that means that this old coin is very different looking than the new coin. So that's considered a recognizable damage, stealing a coin that now is put out of circulation. And that's why he would have to pay for it. And continuing with similar situations, it's my stated, Hamavis Let's a person lent merchandise to his friend on a coin, and the coin became puzzle, it was taken out of circulation. For example, Ruvain lent Shimon $100 worth of wheat, and so he's lending him merchandise on a coin, meaning on this $100 bill. And what happened? $100 bills were taken out of circulation, and they were replaced with something else. So how is this supposed to be paid back? He gives him a similar coin that's usable at that point in time. $100 bills are replaced with something else, so give him that something else. Whereas Shmuel, Shmuel says, He could simply tell him, Go use an emation. Meishon is the place that the Gemara uses to say a very, very far away place that still uses this currency. So this $100 bill might not be usable over here, but if you travel all the way to Meishon, you could use this $100 because they still accept this currency over there. So he could pay back this $100 bill even though it's not usable over here. It is usable somewhere else. Now, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman clarifies, it's logical that Shmuel is saying this in the following case. That he has a way to get to Meishon, which means he has a reason to eventually go to Meishon and then he'll be able to use this money there. But if he doesn't have a way to get there, which means he doesn't plan on going to Meishon anytime soon, so then you can't give him this $100 bill because he's not going to be able to use it because he's not going there anytime soon. However, now, Esri Rav Nachman, Rav Asr Nachman. We have a brass that talks about Michal Meister Shani. We know that if a person has Meister Shani, it has to be brought up to Yushalayim and eaten there, but if he doesn't want to or is not able to bring it to Yushalayim, so he could be Michal it, he could transfer his Kedusha onto money, and the Brasa says, in A person can't be Michal Meister Shani onto money that's not able to be used. Ketzad, what's this referring to? Let's say this fellow had Kuzbi and Yerushalmi money, which was a certain currency minted in Yerushalayim. We had currency from original kings, and neither of these currencies is usable right now. Ain Mechalin, it can't be Mechal the Meister Shani onto these coins. Now, what's the inference from here? But let's say he has currency from later kings that's similar to earlier kings. Namely, it's more recent currency. However, it's similar to this old currency in that it can't be used over here, but it could be used in a different place. It's Mashman the Mechalin, he is able to be Mechal the Meister Shani onto this money, even though his money is not usable over here, it's usable somewhere else. And that's even though this person's not going to be going to that place to use that currency, because really he has to take these coins to Yushalayim and use them, but they're not usable in Yushalayim, still it's considered a valid currency that he can machal the Meister Shani onto. So there's a question on Yurav Nachman in your explanation of Shmuel, that the only way he'd be allowed to pay back with this $100 bill, that's our example, is if the fellow is going to be going to Meishon to be able to use it. But if he's not going to Meishon, so he's not allowed to pay back with this $100 bill. So I'm like, Nachman responded to him, what are we talking about in this where the governments are not mocked with each other? Meaning, even though this currency that we're talking about can't be used over here, and it could only be used in this faraway place, still the governments allow him to have this currency in this place where he is right now, and that means he could freely pass it on to merchants who come from that area, and that's why he could be Michal as Meister Shani onto it, because it is still usable currency. Again, it's not usable here, but it's usable in that other place, and since the government over here is not backbid, they're okay with him having this foreign currency in his pocket over here, so it's considered valid currency that he's able to transfer Meister Shani onto it. Asking about El Kiyom or Shmuel, so does that mean that Shmuel was saying that the reason why he's not allowed to pay back with his $100 bill is that we're talking about the governments are mockbed with each other and that means the government over here is mockbed that you are not allowed to have any foreign currency that's not usable? Well, if that's so, how is he going to get this to over there? Remember, Shmuel had said, as explained by Rav Nachman, that if this fellow will eventually go to Meishan and use it, so then the fellow who borrowed from him is allowed to pay back with his $100 bill. But if we're talking about governments that are mockbed that you're not allowed to have this currency, so what's the point? He's not going to be able to get this currency to Meishan because it's going to be confiscated from him before he even gets there. They're going to search his bags and make sure that he doesn't have this money. So we answer, 
We're referring to where he get it there. It will be difficult for him to get it there. And the reason why he could get it there is because they're not baychesh. They don't search through his bags, even though they're makbed and they don't want people to have foreign currency. And if they catch you with this money, they will take it away from you. When you're going through customs, they're not going to go searching through your bag to see if you have this foreign currency. So technically, since this fellow will eventually go to Meishan and he is able to sneak this money into Meishan, it's considered valuable currency that could be used to pay back with. We continue asking on this. Tashma, in Mechal and Omois, Shalkan, Behinam, Bavel. One is Alam Mechal, his Maestro Shani, onto money of here, which is referring to money of Eretz Yisrael, and Behinam, Bavel means they're in Bavel. In other words, if a person's in Bavel and he has Eretz Yisrael money with him, he's not even Mechal, his Maestro Shani, onto that. Mishal Bavel, Behinam, Khan, and also he's not transfer his Maestro Shani onto Bavel money if he's here in Eretz Yisrael. However, Shal Bavel, Behinam, Bavel, Mechalin. If he has Babylonian money and he's in Bavel, he couldn't Mechal, his Maestro Shani, onto that. Now, continue me, I said, anyway, in this bride, so what do we learn? In Mechal, Shal Khan, Behinam, Bavel. He's not Mechal has Meister Shani onto money of here onto Eretz Yisrael money if the money is currently located in Bavel. Now, that's Mashma, even though he's going to end up bringing it to there, he's going to end up bringing it to Eretz Yisrael. So there's a question of Nachum's explanation of Shmuel that even if the currency is not valid here, if you're going to eventually go to the place where it is valid, so it is allowed to be used over here. Well, this Brassic clearly shows it's not like that because here he has Eretz Yisrael money that he's going to eventually bring to Eretz Yisrael and still he's not having Mechal's Meister Shani onto it. Clearly showing that it's not valid currency over here. So my answer is no. Hachamayskin, what are we talking about over here, where the governments are mocked on each other, and the Babylonian government doesn't allow you to have Eretz Yisrael money in Bavel, and that's why it's not considered valid currency here. That's so. Then what's Babylonian money good in Bavel for either? Even though Babylonian money is allowed to be used in Bavel, it's not allowed to be used in Eretz Yisrael. So why is he allowed to transfer the Gdusha of his Maestro Shani onto this Babylonian money if he's not going to be able to bring it up and use it in Eretz Yisrael? Because the government in Eretz Yisrael is mocked, no using Babylonian money. And in this situation, his Chil Maestro Shani shouldn't work either. So my answer is no problem. The reason why they're fitting is because he could buy behemoth with them in Bavel, and he could bring the animal to Yerushalayim, and that's not a problem. Asking more about Tanya, we have a bride that says, You're talking that all sorts of money is allowed to be used in Yerushalayim because of this, meaning because of Machsa Shekel, people used to give their half shekel from all over the world, and therefore there's many different types of currencies in Yerushalayim, and therefore they're talking that in Yerushalayim, all sorts of currencies are valid. So why is bride to say that Yizal Mechal, Maestro Shani, onto Babylonian money if it's in Eretz Yisrael? All sorts of money are allowed to be used in Eretz Yisrael. So Rabbi Zeir, Rabbi answers like Hash, there's no problem. What is talking about where the hand of the Yidin is more powerful than the Umas Ha'ilam? Meaning when the Yidin were ruling over themselves, so they were able to say that we accept all currencies, and there would be no problem to be Machal Maestro Shani onto Bavel money, even though the Bavel money is in Eretz Yisrael. Whereas the Brass was referring to where the Yad Umas Ha'ilam was stronger over themselves, which is a euphemism, and that means that the guy who were ruling over the Yidin said that you're only allowed to use Eretz Yisrael money in Eretz Yisrael and no Babylon. Money in Eretz Yisrael. That's why Maestro Shani in Eretz Yisrael is not allowed to be mechol onto Bavel money, which is currently there because that's not valid currency. Nothing more. Just bring something interesting about different types of currencies. Tanur Abanan Ezumat Beish Yerushalayim. What is the coin of Yerushalayim? David Yerushalayim Mitzad Echad Yerushalayim Yerakadish Mitzad Acher. The names David and Shlomo were written on one side of the coin, and the name Yerushalayim Yerakadish was written on the other side. Ezumat Beish Avram Ravinu. And what's the coin of Avram Ravinu? Zaken Uskein Mitzad Echad Zaken Uskeina, which is referring to Avram and Sarah, written on one side, and Ubachur Basula Mitzad Acher. The words Bach. Rabbisula written on the other side, and that's referring to Yitzchak and Rivka. And Bamanei Rav and Rav Chiz, the Rav asked Rav Chiz the following question: Hamavas chaver al matbeya vayisifu alav mahu. Let's say a person lent somebody else on a coin, meaning Reuven lent Shimon money or something else, and he's supposed to get paid back with a particular denomination of a coin, and then they added to that coin. How do we view this? Now, what does it mean they added to the coin? So nowadays, our coins are just made out of random metals, and they're not actually made out of real silver or copper or bronze or gold. But back in the day, a sela coin, for example, actually was worth its weight in silver. And so referring to situation where they took the Salah coin, for example, and they added on to its weight. And therefore, 
where all the cellas in circulation now had more silver in them, but they were still called a sella coin. As so the question is, if Reuven's going to pay back Shimon with a sella, in a way he's giving him more money than he borrowed, and maybe that's Ribas. How is he supposed to pay back? So he told him, he has to give him the coin that's used at that time. He borrowed a sella, he pays him back a sella, even though the sella has more silver in it. However, even if it's as big as a sieve, meaning even if they added on tons of silver, and now this new coin that's a sella is way bigger than the previous one, in. he said, yeah, 100%. You borrowed a sella, you give back a sella. He asked him, even if it's as big as a tartia, he told him, in, yes. But he continued asking about Kazail and Peri. But we see the produce is worth less. What does it mean the produce is worth less? It means that this coin has more buying power. If you have a seller that used to weigh X amount and now it weighs Y amount because it has more silver in it, that means you can buy more fruit with it. So it's obvious that Reuven is paying Shimon back way more money than he borrowed because he could buy way more with this coin that he's paying him back with. So Ravashi answered, Chazinon, let's take a look. If the reason why the produce went down in value, meaning if the reason why he could buy more produce is because this coin actually is worth more, then you're right. We'll subtract for him, meaning we're not going to make Ruvain pay back a whole sella because obviously the new sella is worth more money. However, if the reason why produce went down in value, meaning if the reason why you could buy more produce with this coin is because of the market value and just the market value produce went down, let me knock and lay. So then we don't subtract for him, meaning Ruvain's going to have to pay back a full sella because obviously it has nothing to do with the coin that he's able to buy more produce with it. But we continue asking it still has improved the gained in regards to silver itself, meaning if this new sella was taken and melted down into just pieces of silver and not minted coins, he would actually have more pieces of silver than the original Sela coin. So forget about its use on the market and whether or not he could buy more produce with it. There actually is more silver in this coin. So that's Ribis. So my answer is, you're right. What are we supposed to do in this case? El Kyodra of Papa of Hunabrid of Yeshua is just like what Papa and Hunabrid of Yeshua did. Avdi of the Bazuzi da Gardimas Tayo. They had a situation with the money of Agardimas Tayo, this Arab merchant, Ad Yud Bitmanyo, up until 10 for 8. So this was a situation where old coins were taken out of circulation and new coins coins were put into circulation, and this Arab merchant, Agardimas, he had both the old ones and the new ones, so Rav Papa and Rav Hunabrin Yeshua compared the old ones to the new ones, and they saw that it was 8 to 10. And therefore they said, in any situation where the new coins to the old coins are this proportion of 8 to 10, in other words, 8 new coins had the same amount of silver as 10 old coins, and that's a 25% increase in value. So then if we're dealing with a situation like ours, where Ruvain borrowed the seller from Shimon, and he's paying back with a new seller, we're going to prorate how much he actually has to pay back, and he wouldn't have to pay back the full seller. However, if it's anything less than this, meaning if it's less than a 25% increase in the coin, so then he would just pay back with the same exact coin that he borrowed and not with the prorated amount. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow. Continue to talk about coins. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.